Hi and welcome to the next conference podcast. This week's episode features Christiane Wittenbecher's talk from the next conference 2018. Um, hi everyone, my name is Christiane Wittenbecher. Um, I am a video and VR creator and journalist, <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you something about how to create impact with, with VR and 360 stories and storytelling. Um, I work with IntoVR, it's a small company, a small startup that we founded more than two years ago, and we are based in Berlin. And we are actually a team of six video journalists, and we are slowly growing, <laughs> actually. <clears throat> and what we are trying to do is to figure out how to, um, how to create stories, a new kind of storytelling with this new kind of media that's de developing right now. Um, what you can see here is an image of Iraq. You are standing here in the middle of a secret place in Kurdistan. And uh, let me just put that here somewhere. Wait a second. So actually you're right inside a story. You're not just observing it, you're inside a story. What you see here is Peshmerga soldiers um, capturing some ISIS suspects. And uh, this is what we are trying to do. Just to give you a short impression of how it looks like when you see this scene on VR goggles. But of course, it's a huge difference if you watch it on goggles like this or if you see it on a flat screen. But just to get a uh, short impression of the first scene of this film. So this Peshmerga general is just um, interrogating those ISIS suspects and you're standing right there. This is something that we can create with VR and 360 storytelling. <clears throat> so we are not just uh, observing something, we are right there, we are part of the story. And this new kind of uh, media, this new kind of uh, technology allows us to um, teleport the user right there and tell stories completely differently. And this helps us to uh, understand stories on a different level. Because we can actually meet people. It's not just about telling a story, it's about living a story. Um, but let me just get one step back. So this is our team, it's not a remake of Friends, it's our team. Um, and we uh, decided, uh, we were, have been uh, working as video journalists for a long time. We have been working with uh, media companies. Um, and we decided to quit our jobs and to start this uh, into VR company um, to, to figure out how, to, how can we use our storytelling um, uh, knowledge uh, to yeah, transform it into this new kind of media. Um, and we are used to be flexible, we are used to work with our own equipment, with our own camera equipment, and so we're not afraid of uh, technology. Um, and why are we doing this? Why did we quit our jobs to do this kind of, uh, this kind of thing? This is why. We never see as, as uh, intense reaction and strong, um, yeah, strong reactions to editorial video content. We are journalists and uh, we work with social media, so uh, we are used to uh, get in touch with trolls and, and uh, stuff like this, but we never, never before we saw people reacting on editorial content that intense and that emotionally. Um, 
And when we talk about uh, VR and 360 stories, we actually talk about 360. I'm sure you, you all are aware of the fact that there's a difference between 360 video and true VR. Um, for us, it's, uh, 360 is much, um, it fits much better to the needs of media companies and, uh, and NGOs or educational institutions because 360 is much cheaper to produce. That's one thing. Um, the other thing is uh, you have, uh, you get easier access to 360 video because you can actually watch it on uh, your mobile phone as well as on VR goggles. And um, <clears throat> production costs are much, uh, much less. Um, and it's faster to learn, it's faster to adopt. Um, so for us, it's like the bridge to VR in a way. And this GIF shows uh, the difference between 360 video and true VR. In true VR, you can actually move around, you can uh, interact with your objects in your VR, in your virtual reality. In 360, we capture an image in 360 and we bring the user inside this image. The user cannot really move inside the image, but uh, is free to move his head and uh, explore this video. So for what kind of story uh, stories do we use this kind of technology? For us as, as journalists, obviously the location is a very important thing. Um, when the location is also like uh, very important for the story, if you um, if you can say that you can understand a story much better if you are there, like if you are an eyewitness, then it's uh, most likely to be uh, perfect for 360 video. That can be places that are really hard to access. Uh, like here we are uh, on a rescue mission on Lesbos where refugees are coming in or a rescue boat in the, in the Northern Sea. Uh, we can also bring users to uh, places they could never go themselves, like on a stage of a famous band or something. Or we can bring them to Chancellor Merkel uh, right at the party convention. What we also do, and that's uh, something which I did over the last years, um, we can bring users to regions of crisis and conflict zones. In instable regions like in Middle East or Iraq, uh, Eastern Ukraine, and uh, for instance, Bangladesh, and the biggest refugee camp of Rohingya. Um, so this is these are places where users actually wouldn't like to go because it's too dangerous. And what we are doing is not just placing the camera, camera somewhere, um, so we don't rely on the fact that the image and the location itself is stunning enough because um, these times are over when this wow effect uh, simply uh, was enough to impress users. What we are trying to do is to um, focus on stories and focus on people. So we really want to uh, let the, the users meet people and get to know them. Um, and it's about telling stories and it's about how we tell those stories. So for us, it's, not, uh, it's more about uh, these stories uh, more than about technology. <clears throat> because technology is something you can learn really easily, but it's, uh, it's just not enough to place the cameras just somewhere. Um, so we try to focus on the people and their lives um, and we want the users to really feel um, the mood of this location and we really want them to understand how it's like to live a life under such conditions in unstable regions. So it's not about technology, it's, uh, about, uh, it's not the equipment that makes a difference, it's the way how we tell those stories. 
Um, and for that, we need strong characters as well as strong locations. And that's why we think at Into VR that um, 360 storytelling should be something that storytellers do and not just uh, yeah, tech camera operators. So you need both. Um, and then you can create stories like this one, which I'm going to show you. So here in that case, um, when you have the VR goggles on, you will meet this woman. She's living in Saitsevo, it's a small village in eastern Ukraine. And this village actually is divided in two parts. There are the pro-Russian separatists on one side and Ukrainian forces on the other side. And her house is being destroyed completely. And here she tells us the story how her life is, is right now. Um, that she cannot, is not really able to live in her living room. Um, she's not really able to cook in her kitchen. So she's basically sleeping in, uh, on the floor and cooking outside in winter times. Uh, so these kind of stories... Um, are we, do we want to tell? Or like this, uh, in Middle East. Um, it's a complete different way of telling the story of uh, Palestine and Israel when you can place the camera on that location because it's much easier to understand this story and uh, how the everyday life of those people are like if you are there and if you see um, how they are living and where they are living. So for us, it's not just placing the camera uh, in the middle of a battlefield when it comes to create VR and 360 stories in crisis regions. Because I don't want to make the user feel uncomfortable. And we have to be very, very um, uh, sensitive with this technology. Because in 360, you are immersed in it. So I don't want to feel the user to be in the middle of the battlefield uh, feeling like, oh my God, uh, the next bullet is going to hit me. No, what we are trying to do is find stories around these front lines. Um, so we are trying to, uh, to, yeah, to create uh, a story that makes the user easier to understand um, what this conflict means like on a much different level, on an emotional level. So in this example, you will meet a Peshmerga soldier um, from Kurdistan. He's a Canadian guy, and he decided to so the first thing I did fight was to against ISIS voluntarily. I bought a gun with my own money. Look, these guys are going to come and knock on your doors in your countries once they get rich and comfortable and uh, organized. And that's exactly what happened. Look what happened in France and in Belgium and other countries in Europe. You know, I didn't know, to be honest, what uh, what's going to happen. I knew ISIS had captured all the American weapons that Iraq Iraqi government received. So I knew that we had nothing, and they had everything. So when you remember the scene in his living uh, living room, you could argue, okay, why should I place a 360 camera in a living room? It's boring. It's mundane. So why um, there's nothing much to see, but. Um, that's exactly the point. 360 doesn't mean that it has to happen uh, much everywhere. It's about uh, being there. It's about, it's about um, being teleported right into his living room. Because when you get to know, when you meet people and you get to know them, and you're, uh, the first time you are in their living room, of course, every detail, everything tells you something about the story. Uh, about this person. So you get to know this person much closer and differently. And uh, then maybe you remember the scene where he places the camera right into the lens. 
Um, this is something I wanted to try out because I wanted to see how it looks like, how it feels like, because this is something when you place something really close in front of the camera, it's very intense, it's very harsh, but we have to be, be really sensitive about it. Um, why I did it anyway was the fact that uh, he is in his living room, so as a user you feel like, okay, it's a safe environment, he's not going to shoot me, but of course it gives you the impression, okay, it's actually war we are talking about. So this guy might be uh, very um, sympathetic and attractive, but he's a soldier. That's why I wanted to do this scene. But we have to be really careful with that. Um, and the effect of uh, placing somebody in front of the camera um, who's talking to you and we are goggles, this is what makes a difference compared to traditional video. And in this scene, it's the second video I created from Iraq, you will meet a woman, and she's just captured from Mosul. So she's at the checkpoint, just saved, um, and for the first time she reveals her uh, clothing. Why don't you have a man with you? Why are you walking around by yourself? Why aren't you wearing gloves? Why aren't your legs covered? Put on decent clothes. I can't walk properly in this. I can barely move. I have difficulty breathing. But this is how they want you to go out on the street. The woman behind the black veil is called Samira Mohammed. Her anger and rage against ISIS and its regime are still raw. She has only just escaped their reign of terror. Along with a group of other women, she was rescued from the Iraqi city of Mosul. This is one of the biggest challenges we face with 360 video shooting. Because in traditional video, you just have your camera, you can troubleshoot, just play the record button, move around, and afterwards you see how you can edit it. That's not really possible with 360. It's much, uh, much more difficult, especially when it comes to interviews. Because um, what we're trying to do is really to, to let the users meet those persons exclusively. So I don't want to be in the image as a journalist. So I place uh, the camera somewhere, and uh, asked my protagonist, my lead, to talk directly into the camera. And this is really challenging for most people, especially in crisis regions when it comes to when you talk to traumatized people, um, people who maybe don't know this technology. But if you do it right, and if you are really um, empathic uh, with this with these persons, um, it's worth it because it's really really strong, like in in this uh, example. Another example I'm going to show you is from Bangladesh. And here we are meeting a young girl, she's 18. Uh, she's living in the biggest refugee camp of the world. Over one million people, Rohingya people living there. And we get to know her story, we get to know uh, how she lives, um, and we get really close to her, and it's really emotional. And of course we have to be careful with that, because as I said, in 360 you are immersed in it. But of course, it also means that you have to be prepared. So I'm not going to these crisis regions without any kind of preparation. I did some kind of uh, armed forces training. It's called hostile environment awareness training. Um, so our team is equipped and prepared for these kind of difficult situations. Um, a colleague of mine also was shooting uh, some months ago in Ethiopia, in the um, hottest region of the world. 
So also this is a very good uh, example for 360 video and 360 stories, because this place is really hard to access, and you you can understand the, the life of the of the people much better if you are just there, if you see the desert, and you can almost feel the the heat. Die Region gilt als einer der heißesten und unwirtlichsten Lebensräume der Welt. Häufig herrscht Dürre. Mein Name ist Mumina Abdul. Ich bin eine Affa. Weil es kein Wasser gibt, muss ich sechs Stunden zur Wasserstelle laufen. Ich gehe früh morgens los und komme erst mittags wieder heim. Es ist nicht mehr wie früher. Es herrscht Dürre. Der Regen kommt nicht mehr so regelmäßig wie früher. So, um, what we are trying to do is always to find a good angle and a good story, because it's not, um, it's not enough just placing the camera somewhere, because uh, at some point all the wow places will be shown in 360. So our um, approach is really to, to find the relevant stories and to co combine a, a relevant topic with an emotional story. Um, and we did this also, um, like in this case, you can also uh, play um, with the medium because it's, it's especially strong when you give your user a certain role. So um, in that case, which, which I'm going to show you here, uh, you can see how storytelling becomes story living because here in that example, you're not just observing, you're not just there, you, you are actually, you have a certain role. Um, this example is, um, we produced it with a museum in Berlin, it's called Gedenkstätte Hohenschönhausen, it's a former Stasi prison, um, where um, lots of people were imprisoned in the 70s and 80s, and uh, we tried to create something um, that makes you understand history on a different level. So, here you will be a prisoner yourself and you get to meet um, interrogators and you get to meet um, uh, guards who, who talk to you actually. And I'm going to show you this example. Gesicht zur Wand. Kommen Sie! Was wollten Sie in der Hauptstadt der Deutschen Demokratischen Republik? Wenn die mich angesprochen haben, äh, dann habe ich geantwortet. Ich weiß nicht, ob das noch jemand gemacht hat in der Runde. Ich habe denen ständig geantwortet. Die echten Vernehmer, die ja, wenn sie damals jünger waren und jetzt noch leben, die müssten die Brillen mal übergestülpt kriegen und mal ganz kurz sich einige, im besten Falle ein paar Gedanken machen und sagen, was, was haben wir hier gemacht? Es war in German, aber ich hoffe, dass viele von euch get the sense anyway. So what you see here is um, uh, the last woman you heard was actually a witness, um, like a widow of an eyewitness of that time. Um, and you can see that we, uh, even with reenactment and fictional elements, we can do relevant 360 uh, storytelling. And in that case, uh, you also, you might have seen the discussion. So we, uh, we embedded this video in a discussion um, situation. So we don't leave our users alone with that content because we know it's very emotional. Somebody, some people cried after getting off the goggles because it's so emotional. 
So what we also try to do is um, the, the VR experience or the 360 experience doesn't start with the um, moment when you press the play button. It starts much earlier and it ends uh, much later. So we try to, um, to embed it in a situation where the user feels comfortable and gets uh, kind of, um, yeah, uh, um, so we don't let, uh, let them alone with this experience. So as I said, storytelling becomes story living, um, but it means that our camera always is our, the head of our users, and that's why we should treat it like that, very soft and very gentle. And as I mentioned earlier, that also means that we, that we hide. Uh, this is something we, we mostly choose when we set the camera somewhere, um, then we try not to be in the image as a journalist because we, want to, we don't want to deflect the user. We want them to be there. Um, but sometimes it's not really possible, especially when, you're, when it comes to crisis regions, when you have to have like, quick, de uh, quick decisions. It's a now or never situation. Those uh, soldiers said, okay, you can come with us. We are arresting those ISIS suspects. Um, take it or leave it. So there's no time for rigging or hiding somewhere. So in that case, we decide uh, to be part of the image. Um, but mostly, <laughs> mostly we try to find a good hiding place. Uh, but it also, does, it's sometimes really difficult. Maybe you'll find the journalist here in that image. Yeah, she's right there. <laughs> so not really a good hiding place. Um, again, we are in the situation where the um, terrorists who are facing the wall are interrogated by the Peshmerga general. So in that case, I was hiding right here uh, um, behind the wall. But you have, to, you have to really give up control when you are 360 shooting, because there is no way of standing behind the camera or watching at a display, as, um, at least not in this kind of situation. So you have to kind of anticipate what's going on, and you have to be prepared, and you have to, uh, yeah, have, to have a lot of experience. Um, so in that case, I was not really sure how this scene is going to, to develop, um, especially it was like five to ten minutes only, the situation. So I decided to find another spot um, and to replace the camera somewhere. And also in that case, I decided to stay inside the image. So maybe you find a journalist here as well. Yeah, she's right there. <laughs> But um, this is something we, uh, that's the decision we do uh, before we start shooting. We ask ourselves, okay, what kind of role should the user have? And uh, what's my role as a journalist? Am I a part of the story or not? Um, and there are sometimes uh, really funny situations, like in uh, Kurdistan, I was interviewing this woman on a roof, and this is a small village, and you, you can see Mosul over there. So uh, you could hear the bullets all the time, and I was interviewing her, and it was the same situation. I asked her, please uh, talk to the camera. So what I do is I ask my question, I have a translator with me, and he's translating the question, and I ask her to wait a minute so I can hide. Um, I was hiding behind this, uh, this yeah, chimney. Uh, and then what happened, I was uh, sitting there, um, you know, pressing the record button of my audio device, placing my headphones on, and nothing happened, just silence. So I was wondering, okay, what's wrong? And I stood up and looked around, and suddenly all those, uh, all her family and her was standing right, well, was like uh, hiding with me, because they thought, okay, maybe she's hiding, she's running away very quickly, so maybe there's some danger, so let's hide too. <laughs> so sometimes it's really, really challenging. Um, but the hiding part is sometimes also really funny. Um, 
uh, this kind of storytelling um, I already showed you. Um, it's, this is the this Stasi prison experience. Um, so we never place the camera just uh, somewhere where the user feels uncomfortable. But of course, we can kind of play with this, uh, with objects uh, and people, uh, how close they come to the camera. Uh, so we can, uh, we can really create a strong effect, but of course, we, are, we try to be very sensitive about it. Um, and when we have such experiences and we, we give the goggles to some users, we also, we always observe their reactions and learn from them and talk to them. Um, because uh, this, media, this media technology is still in uh, uh, developing. So let's talk about tech just a little bit. Um, there are a lot of cameras for 360 video shooting and all kinds of uh, price categories and sizes. Um, this camera you see here is developed by Fraunhofer Institute. It's a very good camera, but of course, as you see, it's not really, uh, not really good for taking to crisis regions. Um, so, uh, and also this model, the GoPro Rig, um, the three, uh, six cameras, it's a camera that belongs to the museum already, actually. Um, but also this kind of small com uh, consumer cameras we use sometimes um, because they are really, they are self-stitching, so you don't have to um, stitch uh, too much manually. And sometimes there are situations where they fit best, but mostly we use cameras like this, the ZCAM S1 Pro, which is a um, like 10,000 uh, euro camera. Um, and we use these cameras for situations like this, when you are in a coal mine and there's not much light and you, you need those kind of cameras because it's very difficult for 360 cameras to set light. So you need some cameras who are really light sensitive. Um, and this is our, the model we use, uh, we use quite often. It's the Kandao Obsidian uh, with six lenses. And this is a very, um, like, I would say it's the best camera for our kind of purpose at the moment. And um, this is how our equipment looked like in the beginning. And you see, okay, now we have a little bit more of this. But you see it's not, uh, not much more than with a regular um, 16 by 9 video equipment. Um, so our approach is uh, as well to to, get, to go in the field as a VJ or VRJ, as we say. Um, so there's uh, one person who does the research, uh, produces the story, uh, do the post-production and selling the story on social media and um, presenting the story. Um, yeah, you might say, wait a minute, that was far too quick for me. Um, I have a lot of questions. Please, now is the time to ask your questions. This was Christiane Wittenbecher's talk from the next conference 2018. If you like this episode, go to iTunes, rate us with five stars and leave a review. We're happy to hear from you.